welcome back to another episode of my purposeful power within. I'm Jeannie Layton. In my last episode, we talked about the benefits of pets. Hopefully it gave you something to really think about when it comes to animals and the importance they have in our lives. It's once again October, which means fall and the start of the holiday season. In this episode, I want to discuss the issue of not only Halloween treats, but also Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's and the overindulgence of those holidays, along with some ideas to maybe help you out. In all my years of childcare, Halloween has always been my least favorite. Not because I don't like Halloween, but because I deal firsthand with the toxic effects all those traits have on kids. I've always said that the day after Halloween is absolutely miserable for kids for multiple reasons. Halloween used to be a time of community within our neighborhoods. We would be greeting each other as kids roamed and knocked on each door, enjoying the chance to give a special treat to each kid, all neighbors helping keep the kids safe within their neighborhoods. The candy would be savored over a span of days or weeks since it was a rarity to have that kind of treat. Halloween has changed a lot. We now rarely walk around in our own neighborhoods. It's filled with numerous parties or trunk or treats rather than being just one night of treats and celebration, increasingly fueling the amount of treats a kid will get. As a society, we have become so dependent and accustomed to giving treats for everything without thinking about the consequence of all those treats. Halloween just adds to this very quickly. The Halloween treats that we give roll right on into the Thanksgiving season where we not only overdo it on treats like pies, but we totally overeat the whole meal. Shouldn't we be celebrating our feelings of gratitude and not just another excuse to eat? I'm sure the original Thanksgiving meal we learn of in history did not involve all that that meal does today. Christmas has become a season filled with so much candy, hot chocolate, and baked goods. Then for many, New Year's a week later is filled with even more sugar, and possibly alcohol. Have you ever connected or even wondered why it seems so many sicknesses happen in these months? I'd like to help you recognize the way sugar affects our immune systems. The suppression of the immune system starts as soon as 30 minutes after the consumption of sugar and lasts up to five hours. So if you are continually feeding the body sugar, the immune system is continually suppressed also. The typical cold and flu season generally starts around October and tends to be worse from November through January. If you stop and think about it, those are also the months that our society is feeding on special treats, baked, good, baked goods, and desserts. With the holidays of Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, all fueled by sugary foods, happening to fall within these months also. These months are the times that as a child care provider, I deal with the most sick kids. Maybe there's more to the reason or cause of the cold and flu season being during these months. I recently saw a post on social media that said, in the US, we have a candy holiday, followed by a pie holiday, next a cookie and candy holiday, before a boozer holiday, and we call it the flu season rather than sugar poisoning season. 
Kids age 2 to 18, depending upon their age, should only be consuming up to 6 teaspoons or 25 grams of sugar a day. Men should intake no more than 37.5 grams a day, while women should intake no more than 25 grams of sugar a day. Keep in mind, these totals also include sugars from natural sources such as food, fruit. Let's look at an average daily food consumption of a child. If for breakfast you served one cup of Lucky Charms cereal along with 1% milk, that would bring the total sugar intake for that meal up to 24 grams of sugar. If you served one cup of Kraft Mac and Cheese for lunch, that's 9 grams of sugar. If dinner you served a frozen pizza like DiGiorno, and the child ate one-sixth of that pizza. That's five grams of sugar. So without any snacks, desserts, or treats included, the daily sugar intake is up to 38 grams. Now granted, a smaller child may not be eating these serving sizes, but then again, their sugar intake should also be less. Let's look at a healthier meal pattern and see what its total sugar ends up being. If for breakfast you served eggs and one half cup of strawberries, that's 3.5 grams of sugar. If for lunch you served 16 bite-sized tortilla chip rounds, some ground beef, lettuce and diced tomato, and black beans, that meal would only be one gram of sugar. If for dinner you served a baked potato, steamed broccoli, one half cup of red seedless grapes, and grilled chicken breast, that would be 14 grams of sugar. This meal pattern, also without treats, desserts, or snacks, brings in a total of 18.5 grams of sugar, along with a much healthier array of nutrients. You can see that even without any treats or desserts, that our children are getting plenty of sugar. As parents and caregivers, it's very important for us to always keep these sugar values in mind and help kids create healthier eating patterns. Now let's explore the average intake of an adult. If for breakfast you stopped by Starbucks and got a large cafe latte with non-fat milk, that's 18 grams of sugar. If you also got a slice of their banana nut bread, that's 30 grams of sugar, which brings your breakfast total to 48 grams of sugar. If for lunch you got a Chick-fil-A Cobb salad, that would be 7 grams of sugar but that does not include your dressing of choice, which could add some sugar to that total. If you also got a large soda or perhaps a lemonade, the lemonade would be 74 grams of sugar. That brings your lunch total to 81 grams of sugar. If for dinner, you ate a half of a frozen pizza like DiGiorno, that's 18 grams of sugar. As you can see, just from poor meal choices, the average adult would be over the recommended sugar intake just from breakfast alone. This meal pattern I mentioned for the adult is 147 grams of sugar. Keep in mind, this does not list any snacks or desserts. The healthy meal pattern that I spoke of for children could also apply to an example of better choices for adults. Did you know the amount of sugar in Coca-Cola is so intense that your body's natural reaction is to immediately vomit? If you're wondering why that doesn't happen, it's because Coca-Cola has thought two steps ahead. They've added phosphoric acid to Coke to cut the flavor 
so that you can keep the liquid down safely. Most sodas have this similar formulation. If that fact isn't horrifying enough, here's another one. 10 teaspoons of Coke is almost twice the amount of sugar the average female is supposed to ingest in a day. So if you have even one can, you're having way too much sugar for the entire day. Within 40 minutes of drinking a can of Coke, your pupils will dilate, your blood sugar will spike, and you'll get a huge caffeine hit. After 60 minutes, you'll start to crash. You'll need to pee and you'll become irritable. Then of course, you're gonna want another Coke. That's all because that sugar is so addictive. Researchers have even said sugar can be as addictive as heroin. The number of children and adolescents with obesity has increased by more than tenfold. In 2016, 50 million girls and 74 million boys suffered from obesity. That's up 5 million and 6 million since 1975. The rate of new cases of diabetes in youths younger than 20 years has increased in the United States between 2002 and 2015, with a 4.8% increase per year for type 2 diabetes and a 1.9% increase per year for type 1 diabetes. This is what researchers reported in February of 2020. In the brain, excess sugar impairs both cognitive skills and our self-control. For many people, having a little sugar stimulates a craving for more. Sugar has a drug-like effect in the reward center of the brain. Scientists have proposed that sweet foods, along with salty and fatty foods, can produce addiction-like effects in the human brain, driving the loss of self-control, overeating, and subsequent weight gain. A study published by PLOS1 found that sweet foods can be more addictive than cocaine. Though the research was performed on animals, investigators found that intense sweetness can surpass the cocaine reward, even in drug-sensitized and addicted individuals. Throughout the body, excess sugar is harmful. Even a single instance of elevated glucose in the bloodstream can be harmful to the brain, resulting in slowed cognitive function and deficits in memory and attention. Sugar also affects the mood. In healthy young people, the ability to process emotion is compromised with elevated blood glucose, according to the Brain Imaging Study. Even in those without diabetes, high sugar consumption is associated with lower scores on tests of cognitive function. These effects are thought to be due to a combination of hyperglycemia, hypertension, insulin resistance, and elevated cortisol. So how can you still indulge? Here are a few ideas. Cut back or eliminate liquid calories from drink choices, such as soda, juice, and sugary coffee drinks. Make your coffee at home and get used to it as black as possible. If you eliminate soda and juices from your diet, realize that there's more benefits than just the sugar consumption. Also, don't think that diet or drinks with sugar alcohols are a better choice. They pose their own health issues. Plan ahead. If you know there's going to be treats or a celebratory occasion, 
then eliminate as much sugar from your meals leading up to that event as possible. Fill your meals with no sugar and then you can consume sugar at the event. Plan on also cutting back the sugar the day after the event. If you know that sugary treats will be around, always go to an event on a full stomach. You could even take in your own treat that would be a healthier choice with perhaps less sugar content. When it comes to Halloween candy, I always bought the candy that my kids got. And leading up to Halloween, we'd start talking about that money exchange and what the kids might buy with that money so that they got really excited about that exchange. Always remember being a parent doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but by knowing that limiting their sugar intake in turn is creating numerous positive benefits, that helps. Don't compare the choices you make to limit or eliminate sugar from your life or from that of your kids to how others are doing things. Remember, we are all individuals and we get to make our choices of what's best for ourselves and our kids. You could also create a tradition where the kids trade their candy for a surprise. You could trade it for something the kids would enjoy like a book or an activity. When it comes to giving treats out to others, consider other ideas like stickers, tattoos, pencils, etc so you can help limit what's being given. We must always remember that we have to be the change we want to see in the world. I'm sure that this podcast won't earn me any points for popularity, but sometimes the truth is hard to hear. I encourage you to observe and analyze how you and your family consume sugar and what effects you can start to recognize. When we become aware of things we can do to not only better ourselves, but also by doing better for our kids. This is where purposeful power within comes from and grows. Follow me on Instagram at my purposeful power within and send me a message. Let me know what you're starting to recognize and connect about this topic. Until next time, I remind all of you to enjoy the journey we call life.